Welcome to Saul Assessment Shared Stories, aka SAS, the new podcast from the Student Affairs Assessment Leaders. This podcast will serve as a space to share assessment strategies, stories, and thoughts on student affairs assessment and research. With a focus on inquiry, we will share all voices with the goal as a community to develop solutions, provide support, and continue to inspire one another to advance the field of student affairs assessment. Hello, my name is Joe Levy and I serve as the Executive Director of Assessment and Accreditation at National Lewis University in Chicago, Illinois. National Lewis University is a private, medium-sized, not-for-profit institution. Uh, it's also designated as a Hispanic-serving institution. I'm here to talk to you all about how I think there is a culture of assessment within a department, division, or institution. Uh, running through what essential components may need to be there for an assessment culture. So for me, there's uh, four things. Uh, first, it's that people can define or describe uh, the purpose, process of assessment, uh, and how it benefits them. Now, I'm not saying people need to have a textbook uh, definition of what assessment needs to be, um, but they should be able to talk about what they've done, why they've done it, and the results, you know, how it's helped their area, but most importantly, how it's helped students. Number two, people should begin to be more data-oriented and data-informed uh, in, in their daily operations. So people should readily know offhand uh, data and results of their their services and outcomes of students. And um, they should be able to talk about that in meetings when they're brainstorming decisions. They should be able to point to that as justification or evidence uh, to back up uh, an ask for resources or justification to expand a project or, or to make a change. And a, a part of this too, in being more data oriented is that there should develop this culture of inquiry and curiosity um, so that people want to know more uh, and that they may be asking for, for more data than, than what's available or what's presented. Um, but in doing so, there needs to be a specific need or purpose or use for it. And I think that's the key because people currently are asking for more data all the time, but that the, the, those asks for data become more purposeful and, and tied to a use. Uh, so here's an example of not purposeful data. If I'm presenting uh, information about um, student learning outcomes from orientation, and I'm talking about uh, students' ability to identify um, at least two resources at the institution, and I'm showing this as a graph, um, you know, a bar chart of the the most cited resources mentioned. If somebody asked me for, oh, you know, have you you know, could you show this to us, you know, lumping these resources together and lumping those resources together? That seems more of a question about my presentation <laughs> or about how I perhaps put the information together as opposed to um, specific information that is going to gain more insight uh, in terms of taking action. Um, the So moving on, the, the third thing, and this is potentially the, the biggest sign is if 
assessment activity would continue without you, the assessment professional, being there. Now, admittedly, this is hard to measure <laughs> uh, with you remaining in your current role at your institution. Um, however, the more we can be teaching people to fish and setting them up to do the basics on their own, the stronger the culture. Uh, now, don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, I always say I want to work myself out of a job, not because I don't want to work here anymore, but because I want everyone to have the basics and be able to do assessment on their own uh, and for me to be there for support, but to then free me up to do more uh, higher level, broad ranging, uh, interdisciplinary assessment related efforts. Um, so don't worry, there's still room for charismatic, motivating, uh, you know, project management oriented assessment professionals. But if you are the sole driver keeping activity going, that's not a healthy culture. It could be an established culture, um, you know, where people say, oh, well, Joe keeps us on track, but assessment should never hinge on one person to, to remain active. And, you know, unfortunately, I've seen that happen, um, you know, both at institutions I've worked as well as institutions I've consulted for, where it's just a sign of the culture not being fully baked in and fully developed in that there's certainly evidence of information, right? You know, we could show reports, we could show alignment of learning outcomes, we could show taking action, we could show a full assessment cycle with evidence across the institution. But over time, that the evidence for that cycle fell apart. And, you know, perhaps when I stopped consulting with them, I checked back in six months later or a year later, you know, they had one cycle of information there, one cycle of evidence, a great story to tell for that year, but then things just really started to fall apart. Um, so again, the, the, that, that leads into then this fourth point of, you know, a healthy culture is a sustainable culture. And so it's, so even if you have people doing the work uh, w without you um, leading the way for them, the culture should not only be sustained, but a sign of the sustaining culture is that efforts advance. You know, a healthy assessment culture is not maintaining the status quo. A healthy assessment culture is not um, doing the same thing every year. Even if it was done well and well thought out and intentional, um, we should always be looking for more, uh, not necessarily more activity, but more insight and more leverage from what we're doing in order to provide the best learning environment for our students and ensure we're best serving all of our students. So hopefully those four tips uh, or and elements of an assessment culture are good for you to think about and, and examine your own institution. Um, they, they certainly are things I, I think about and reflect on often in, in trying to gauge where we are. Good luck in your assessment journeys. Hello, my name is Renee Lidgado-Riley. I'm the Director of Student Life Assessment and Research at the University of Oregon in Eugene, Oregon which is two hours south of Portland. We are a four-year large public state institution, often known as the flagship of the state of Oregon. We are a predominantly white institution comprising of over 21,000 students with nine schools and colleges and 331 degree and certificate programs. So how do you know if there is a culture of assessment within your department division or institution? And what are some of the essential components of your assessment culture? Simply stated, one in which assessment becomes interwoven 
into our daily work rather than a one-time or a rare thing that we are tasked to do. For example, such as asking for assessment plans once a year and never talking about them again. Instead, the process should become more dynamic, active, and essentially not stale. We need to be intentional in how we not only think about integrating assessment into our work when it comes to planning, coordinating, and evaluating, but more importantly, how do we use this information to inform our practice, process, etc.? I think a lot of the times we often equate, or folks in the academy equate, data equals assessment, but assessment is a process. It's dynamic, it's cyclical, and the most important thing you can do is utilize the results of any assessment research project to inform your practice and process. So in terms of fostering and facilitating building an assessment culture within your division, department, or institution, relationship building is absolutely critical. Community is often the reason why you can become successful in fostering this culture. A culture shift and supporting that takes a large amount of individuals committed to its success. So in this process of relationship building, meeting colleagues where they are at in the process is absolutely important. I think some missteps early on when I began facilitating assessment at a divisional level in student affairs is I often thought that people automatically understood what assessment was instead of meeting colleagues where they were at in terms of their preconceived perceptions about assessment and what it was. And so I think once you recognize the unique needs of every colleague that you're working with in terms of their current assessment developmental framework, it's important to meet them where they're at and help them build and adapt. And whether it means structuring workshops to help them learn essential assessment skills, or if they're really advanced in the assessment skills, helping them put them into practice. So really building community, meet, recognizing everyone comes from different places and spaces and embrace what they're bringing to the table and to this environment of culture building, but then at the same time recognize that to move forward, we need to have a collective mission for assessment and we need to meet colleagues where they're at, help them develop assessment skills in the process and have clear expectations for what we want in terms of what that culture means. So I think a first step would be in an ideal setting, what are the elements of an effective assessment culture? What does those look like? Bullet point what that is. So for me, mapping that out was super helpful in terms of knowing what to do next. And so some things that I think about that represent an effective assessment culture in my current institution and division are assessments integrated into all planning. When you're planning an activity and experience or program, we're automatically thinking about assessment, about evaluation, and we have that evaluation lens for the specific programming. I think another key factor in supporting an assessment culture and what really embodies that is transparency in how data is used and results are shared. I think another piece is also colleagues take an active role in leading assessment. Instead of what it felt like early on in my assessment career, pulling people along and really kind of pushing them at times and pulling, it was a very uh, tense, tense relationship at times. I think once we get to the point and get people excited about the process, excited about assessment, and really see them begin to take an active role in leading assessment efforts, I think that is 
a definitely key to seeing assessment culture in action. And lastly, to help sustain that assessment culture in your division, institution, or department, it's important to celebrate those small wins to get people continually excited. So if a different program or activity or if there's some really positive assessment and research results, it's important to celebrate those wins, share those widely, and really help support your colleagues in this process by getting them excited and then helping them maintain that excitement by celebrating the success that we do. Thank you for listening to the new Saul Assessment Shared Stories, aka SAS podcast. Thank you to our sponsor, the National Higher Education Benchmarking Institute, for making this podcast possible. The National Higher Education Benchmarking Institute helps institutions organize meaningful data and create benchmarks. They provide the benchmarks higher education institutions need, those that matter most to community colleges, four-year schools, costs and faculty workloads, student services, and global perspectives. With more than 1,600 institutions participating with the National Higher Education Benchmarking Institute since 2004, they are truly leading the way. To learn more about their membership model and how they can support your benchmarking needs, visit thebenchmarkinginstitute.org. Thank you for listening, and we hope to continue to provide you future content.